David, are we excited uh, for the Reds and Bengals? Are we? Are we? Uh, is it possible we have a double good season? You're talking about the Bengals here. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have Joe. How are you guys going to win with Joe Burrow's dainty little hands? <laughs> well, well, well first, first of all, Bill, we have not drafted Joe Burrow yet. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. No, yes. there's still plenty sure. of time for you to not draft there's correctly. There's plenty of time for us to fuck this all up. <laughs> I, I am highly convinced the Bengals are going to ruin Joe Burrow. <laughs> but the, oh. the Reds are looking good. I mean, this yeah. might be uh, Cincinnati as a city's sports season. So we'll hey, see. W- once I start hearing, they keep saying they are, but once I start seeing Bengals actually get free agents, <laughs> then I'll start talking. Yeah. No, you're right. That's got to be frustrating. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. real. It is. Got to be. Yeah. As two people who have season tickets and been going for a while, <laughs> yes. It is very frustrating. Oh, yeah. God yeah. bless you. That's a, like, <laughs> to match the incompetency of the Cleveland Browns is really impressive. <laughs> yeah. We always consider ourselves way better than the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Turns out, not so much. hello super friends and welcome to nerds for normal people the podcast bringing you nerd culture to a normal world i am your master of the geekly arts daniel dunstan and with me i have three friends and experts on nerd culture and (laughs) Together, we're going to dive into a bunch of different topics in something that I think should be pretty fun. First up, we have acclaimed author Christopher Tomlin. Chris, thank you for being here. (laughs) It's good to see you, my old friends. I am so thrilled to be here with you guys tonight. (laughs) It's good to have you. And next, we have not acclaimed author Bill Sheehy. I'm actually the last Jedi of everybody here, so it's... (laughs) The best one, objectively. Thank you for having me again, Daniel. (laughs) And we also, of course, as always, are joined by David Hood. David, thank you for being here. I'm just happy to be here with an acclaimed author. Makes me feel credible. (laughs) (laughs) For once in my life. Oh, stop it. I'm sure we'll get to more about the book when we come time for plugs at the end. But what we're going to do is something uh, fun, basically. Finally. So, yeah, finally. <laughs> well, in a way, finally, because we took got... us 28 episodes. <laughs> we finally hit our stride. <laughs> Everyone says 28's when any podcast really gets going. So we've been, with the exception of a Birds of Prey review, we've not had a new episode in a while, and a lot of nerd news has passed us by. And so I'll probably tweet this link out, or tweet a screenshot of this out beforehand, but I have prepared a list of 20 stories that we have missed while we've been gone. I'm not going to claim they're all the biggest stories, but... Number one's pretty big, and I'm very excited. Number one is pretty big. The biggest story imaginable. (laughs) But we're we're going to not cover all of them, because we'd be here forever. We're going to use the only fair method. I have in my hand a 20-sided dice. God. Because I also play Dungeons and Dragons. I was about to say. Naturally. <laughs> so I am going to roll the d20, and whatever number it lands on, we'll talk about that for a bit, and we'll see how many we get through. 
Everybody ready? Yep. Come on, Let's natural one. <laughs> Please be. Let's see. Critical fail. Oh, we're starting off with a thing I like. 19. Oh, that is going ooh, to be very My cool. Hero Academia Heroes Rising mm -hmm. in Season 4. We have a brand new My Hero Academia fan in Bill. That's right. We do. Listen. And we have someone who's never seen it in Chris Tomlin. Yeah, so, and I know what that so, means. So, Chris, take a quick nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you guys so, later. <laughs> so I I want to I want to brag on Daniel for a second, um, because I'll allow it. You're very handsome, Daniel. You, you are very handsome. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I get Drop lost in your dreamy eyes all the time. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Thank um, you. So you know, Do go on. I've been a little bit down the past or uh, the past month or so. Um, but I had a good friend named Diamond Daniel Dunstan who invited me over <laughs> to his house. To watch, you know, just make cheer me up and make me feel better. And we watched some anime called My Hero Academia. And you know, as someone who is is, is Star Wars Bill on all social media, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, you know what? Daniel's inviting me over. I'm gonna bring some bourbon. No one else is gonna drink besides me. Uh, it's all good. No, no problem there. Um, and I sat down and watched My Hero Academia with with Daniel and uh, and Beth, and it is it's wonderful. <laughs> like it, it's it's just the the reasons why I love Star Wars are all in My Hero Academia. You know, you have the hero that you all root for, that everybody cheers for. You have good versus evil. You literally have you know a Darth Vader figure in the main villain. I'm doing my best with names. Right now, because like it's all just going all over my head, but the the, the themes and the story, and 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 the way that they're able to convey the the story, which you know, I I just think it's it's wonderful, and it's it's a wonderful series that did you start at the beginning, mm -hmm. or did you start with like season two? I or? started. We, with, we started him at the beginning. Yes, okay. a very good place to start. As, <laughs> And actually, Bill, because I'm assuming you're talking about you just seen season one, yes. correct? Yes. So you're talking about uh, Shigaraki. That's right. As you, the you villain, said, the guy, you the said with, the name. Yeah, that's it. The guy with the hand on his face. Right. Exactly. There is, and David knows this. Wait, did you just say the guy with the hand on his face? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do, I'll drop a picture. I can drop a picture it's... in chat if you want. <laughs> but there is a more Darth Vader esque villain still to come. Uh, he's probably uh, the way he acts. He's probably more of a Palpatine type of thing, where he has Sh Shigaraki well, do the work but for him. If, the way he's designed is definitely Vader. the way. The way he's designed is definitely Vader, but his, the way he goes about it is more Palpatine, where he's influencing Shigaraki to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it, it's uh, it's a good show. It is. It, it really is, and, and, and thank you for introducing. I'm not on season four, but I guess I'll bow out and let you and David talk. Well, about it. we. I don't think we'll talk spoilers. Okay, yeah, are you so, okay with that, David? Yeah. So can we, can we drop names of people in season four, though? Yeah, you can. Uh, you can drop names because, right. like, it's. But also, it's because they also had a movie just come out. Mm -hmm. So season four is still happening. They're about little over halfway through it, mm -hmm. and they just had a movie hit actual theaters called Heroes Rising. And Heroes Rising was fantastic. Wait, what actual theaters is this movie in? Uh, I saw it at the Cinemark down by the mall. Oh, really? So like, no, oh, no, okay. yeah, lim it, it's limited release, but it's hit 
like all the major theaters in Lexington. Wow. Yeah. Really? And, like, I didn't see a, it at the Kentucky, so that's not real. <laughs> it's it's a it's a pretty big thing. But yeah, but the the best part by like, going back to season the best part about season four is the new villain they introduce into oh, it named Overhaul. Yes. Overhaul. Who is Overhauls? Who is Overhauls? Overhauls. Yeah, but not. But he is. His powers are absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. But that's not what makes him super evil. It's the way he treats his underlings, and it's like this guy is insane. Yeah, he he is because the season four basically asked the question of. And this doesn't get into spoiler stuff, but it's basically, you know, what role do the Yakuza have in a superhuman society? Where, like, any villain has great, has all this power and all this stuff. And so you, your villain is actually kind of a Yakuza leader who has this terrifying power. And he's really, he has, like, a master plan, and it's, it's really cool. And, like... What what makes him so like a good villain is like he is obviously emotionally abusive, mm-hmm. and like it, it, you just watch him, you just like I want this fucker to die, <laughs> and like it, it's just like you just watch how he treats like his, his the people around him, and it's just like this guy is so mm-hmm. damn manipulative and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll say this for anyone who maybe is not sure if they want to watch it or not if you like superheroes and superhero stories and especially like i know i grew up with x-men the animated series um which i can that's a really good parallel actually oh yeah it is not it's not necessarily mine i saw joe star of screen junkies Mm -hmm. tweeted out and when i saw that i was like yeah that is that's a hundred percent the parallel it's because, especially as you get into it, you get a wide cast of characters, because mm-hmm. there are 20 kids in his class. And when they get to the movie, like, all the kids have a moment mm-hmm. where they're just... So does, does the ball kid, the purple ball kid, does he get a moment? Yes. Okay, because... Sort of. Not not a whole lot, but... That he's, dude he, is... He's the worst. He's... Oh, God, how do I... How do I say this without pissing anybody off? Minetta is the worst. He is the horniest little dude I've ever seen. (laughs) Throwing his balls at everybody. And his balls are sticky. They're sticky. You don't know why. They can't stick to himself. It's just super specific. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Minetta's the worst. Minetta really is the worst. But they... Even he gets a little something to do. It's not a whole lot, but it's there. But, yeah, it's... I strongly encourage anyone, it's on Hulu, it's on Funimation has a streaming service, it's Mm -hmm. on Crunchyroll if you prefer watching subs Mm -hmm. instead of dubs. Daniel has it on Blu-ray, so just have him invite you over and... (laughs) Just go to Daniel's house. Yeah, just go to Daniel's house, exactly. Hulu is always, like, a little behind because they, they don't do the next day like normal, but... Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch it like as soon as possible, you have to do the Funimation, which I'm happily stealing from Daniel. Oh, so there's, David, there's, wait, oh, wait, so, so there's a time of week that these drop. Yeah, it drops in the U.S. here on Saturday. Oh, okay. It, it, right. it airs in Japan, and then they drop it shortly thereafter. And usually they drop when it started. They drop the English dub of it, 
at the same time as the Japanese version, they are now two episodes behind. Yeah, the only reason why I don't watch it dubbed is because they're two episodes behind. Is this show <laughs> huge in Japan? This yes. Is, this is one of the biggest animes out right now. Yes. Uh, and it's it's big across the country, too. Especially if you go to any kind of Comic-Cons or any other kind of conventions, you'll see a ton of cosplay of it. Um, is this a good show for me to binge when I'm quarantined by the coronavirus? Yes, Absolutely. it is. Yes, this oh, it's is... perfect. It's perfect for there, it. Yeah. If there's coronavirus in your area and you're stuck at home, watch My Hero Academia <laughs> all four seasons. As someone who's going to a very public place like Disney World in the next week, I am very excited for the coronavirus that I'm about to get. Uh, in, <laughs> I know, the I'm, going, I'm going to the SEC tournament. And then I'm oh, going I, to, too. And then I'm I going, too am going to the yeah. SEC tournament. And then the following so we'll weekend, I'm going together. to Las Vegas. Oh. It's Our, just, uh, where the whole point is that you have to touch everything everyone else has ever touched. Listen, you're either going to get the coronavirus or herpes. Either one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Fingers crossed. My my work has done a huge VPN test in preparation of the coronavirus coming to Cincinnati. Oh, wow. In case there's a case drops, like they'll just be like, all right, VPN's working. Work from home. See, I... <laughs> See, I thought we were uh, pretty safe, and then suddenly on Friday, it's like, oh, there's a case, and it's in Lexington. And I'm like, oh, good. Anyway, My Hero Academia. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, ladies? <laughs> but, uh, no, it's it's a really... I just wanted to make sure to shout out, because the show is really good. Mm-hmm. And if... I know there are a lot of people who just aren't sure if they can get over the, I guess, hurdle of anime, but just, it is, it's very Western in its mm-hmm. sensibilities at times. Take the hurdle. It's, dri- it's it driven the hurdle. by, it's done like, you know, any superhero story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and one, one thing I have to say about season four in particular, though, it takes a little bit to build up. It, yes. It's a bunch of necessary episodes to get to a satisfying, like, that's fine, but it does take that build-up time. Mm-hmm. But if you watch them in order, you'll probably care about all the characters involved when they get to the build-up, so you'll be fine. Oh, yeah, it, it, the build-up is absolutely worth it. Just you do, just be prepared for that. And I, I would argue season one might start a little slow, but most people I've seen get hooked by the end of episode two. Bill had one of my favorite reactions to the end of episode two, where a certain line is said in a big momentous moment, and Bill just goes, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm curious, what was that moment? You too can become a hero. Yeah, I was like, oh, dude, fuck, man, (laughs) fuck. That was one of those I was sitting there, I was like, I wonder if he's enjoying this, and then just like, you too can become a hero, just here. Fuck. <laughs> you two, wait. I, uh, this is out of context for me, but just the line, you two can become a hero, uh-huh. dropped Bill's yes. jaw. I mean, like that sounds it, like something you'd hear on like a, no, a, it, a Latter-day context, Saints commercial. There's mm-hmm. a lot of context building up to it. Trust me. Okay. There, there, it, it is, it's three, or it, not three, I can't count. It's one sentence, but like there's a lot of power behind that mm-hmm. sentence by the time you get there. There is. Yeah, it's. I I understand that just on the surface that sounds like a very generic, you know, yeah, hero thing to say. You too can become a hero, but like in the context of the series and what's happened so far, it's. Uh, 
some things that have, that that happen in the episode in the previous episodes lead up to that, and it, it's it, it's just a really impactful moment, especially mm-hmm. who it's coming from and and what it means to the character and uh, it just what it you know it's. Can I be the anime dummy for a second and ask a question? Yes, always. Chris Tomlin, okay. <laughs> uh, noted author and anime dummy. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, so okay, so I'm not an anime guy. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm going to do an anime thing, right? <laughs> should I do this or should I do One Punch Man? Uh, this, oh. this is actually all dependent because anime covers a lot of genres. You can't just say an anime guy. If I was going yeah. to like delve into this world, If you were going to pick one or yeah. the other mm-hmm. uh, I would say One Punch Man's a little easier to digest Because it's more of it, a it, comedic one It's more a comedic one It's pretty It's got a lot more humor to it It is basically all humor Because when you're Saitama Everything's kind yeah. of just pointless okay. And really with One Punch Man You just need to watch the first season And then you can kind of stop but <laughs> oh come on, season two wasn't that bad. Yeah. How many seasons are there of of that? Two. Two, and the second one's airing right now, or it's airing in English right now. It, but it, my hero is on four seasons. If it, you were going to, if you were going to uh, take someone like me who's not ever really delved into that genre mm-hmm. and say, "Here's what you should do." Check this out. This is going to show you how great anime can be, how likable it can be, how accessible it can be. What would your three's uh, assessment be? Like, what would the three suggestions be? Well, no, no, just like each each of you. I mean, Bill, are you an anime guy? I don't know. I know Dave and Daniel are, but like, what would you say? Look, check this out. Like, this is going to, you can't go wrong with this, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, Growing up, I was very into it. You know, like the Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, all that stuff was really prevalent. And int- even- don't you dare suggest Yu-Gi-Oh. No, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not <laughs> suggesting it. But like, I grew up on it. But like, I'm kind of like you, where I didn't really watch a lot until. And I don't. I don't consider myself like a quote-unquote anime fan. But like, uh, My Hero Academia is. I think it's probably it's it's a really good jumping off point because it it, mm-hmm. it is it's it's easy to watch it's it's interesting it's it's something that you know if you watched X Men if you watched Star Wars if you watched anything yeah. like that the a lot of themes that are prevalent there are prevalent here um, so I I'm more of a cat I probably consider myself more of a casual anime fan than probably Daniel and David but. That's I, I think this is a really good spot to, to I, start. I don't know. I'm a pretty casual fan myself. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to I, assume your your anime. Uh, I, I've level. watched plenty of different animes, but they I've not watched like obscure animes. The animes mm-hmm. I watch are usually like the more popular ones at the time. Mm-hmm. Same. Right. Like I, I've watched uh, My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. I watched um, the uh, Helsing on. I watched um, the Helsing Unlimited. Helsing Unlimited. Oh, wait, uh, what about Castlevania? Is that any good? Castlevania. Oh, really Castlevania is great. Uh, is that? Do are we considering that anime? Because that's fucking. It, it's done wonderful. in the style of it. Yeah, I'd consider it. It's I've, really good. You should. Yeah, watch. It's fun. If you like, haven't started watching that yet, you should because it's 
it's mature, it's fun, it's funny. It's really like I don't know even know what what I would compare it to. It's uh, it, there are similarities. Uh, there are some similarities with like other anime, but honestly, Tomlin, if you're looking for like what's a good jumping on point, that might be a good one mm-hmm. for you. Something that me, I already me, have a little bit of a purchase in. And exactly. For me, there's not really a good jumping on point because it, everyone's different, and anime covers yeah. so mm-hmm. many different things that yeah, there could be a. But for knowing you, knowing you like comics and stuff, my hero would be a good jumping mm-hmm. off point. Okay. Yeah. I like, think that might be a just, good thing to watch with your kids, Chris. Like, it, it, it honestly, like, it, it, it mixes yeah. the superhero, and if it, it's, it is animated, and, you know, kids love that stuff, but I do too. Um, so it, it might, it, it might be great to watch with your, your mm-hmm. kids. Whereas, like, One Punch Man is maybe not as much for kids. Mm-hmm. You know you know what? Not but if, if you just want something you want to watch that's, like, gonna make you laugh, One Punch Man. You probably. know what? I, not more thing about it. One Punch Man is probably not a good jumping off point. That's a lot no. satirical based on other anime. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to have a little bit of basis in other anime. Okay. Uh, I mean, I stand by Mob Psycho 100, but I'm not sure that's the best jumping on point. Mm-hmm. It is just the best, though. Okay. But yeah, I... I would say probably Castlevania or My Hero, mm-hmm. if you're sort of interested. Th- those are those are two that have reached a large amount of audience. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I don't know if Castlevania has. Castlevania my, my... is so good that there was a rumor that that same studio was doing a Zelda one, and I got so <laughs> just stupidly excited. It's not true, but like it just Aww. the idea that they were working on something. The studio that made Castlevania was working on something that I love and adore that much, and bringing that like it just got me way, way excited. So yeah, that, Castlevania is a great jumping. I don't watch it with your kids though. Like that's no, don't, no. that's one you don't you don't uh, watch with the kids. Like honestly, the similarity I have for that with like other anime is it's a. Sl- it's a pretty toned down version of some of the early seasons of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> Com- complete with the copious, you know, blood and gore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody ready to re-roll? Roll the dice. Roll the dice, Dungeon Master. <laughs> Eighteen. I never roll this well when I need a good roll. <laughs> All right, everyone, shut up. Shut up and let Bill talk now. Alright, 18, that is The Mandalorian Season 1. Uh, Disney Plus came out with a show, The Mandalorian. Everyone knows about it. Mm-hmm. It might be one of my favorite Star Wars things in a while. Gave us, you know, Pedro Pascal as the titular Mandalorian. Gave us Baby Yoda. I mean, what more can I say, Bill? For Star Wars, for me, has always I've I've always loved, you know, the Jedi, the Force, anything about that. So, like, when... It was first rumored that Favreau was working on a series and it wasn't something about the Jedi. I was really kind of disappointed because, like, you know, I, I, I love the Force. I love the Jedi. I want to. The, the, the thing that I'm excited about going to Galaxy's Edge is building a lightsaber and doing all that stuff. But then The Mandalorian came out and it completely blew me away. Um, it's, it's the perfect mixture of what I love about Star Wars. Mixing it with incredible, incredible directors, writers, everything from Dave Filoni to Rick Famuya to Deborah Chow, all those people and and Bryce Dallas Howard and and making it into something that is, you know, it's 
it's a western it's it's it, it takes what i love about star wars and does it in a new way like one of my favorite things it, it, it that came from it like in the fifth episode mm. which i think is probably the weakest episode they go back to tattooing and they revisit some of those you know the classic moss eisley stuff and then you know they revisit the tuscan raiders which have always been like you know anakin skywalker just killed all the tuscan raiders and then they've always seen this villain and then to take it in the way where like no you just talk to them and they let you go on their lands to respect like the tuscan raiders in a way that i i hadn't even thought of frankly um mm-hmm. i thought was really cool i think it just does a lot of wonderful wonderful things and it on top of that it mixes great stuff from animation you know with the, the end of it with the dark saber with moff gideon you know, it 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 honestly it obviously has huge significance in canon. So mm-hmm. I'm incredibly excited to see where season two goes. But I think I'm glad that they didn't release all the episodes at once because I think that probably led to you know Baby Yoda becoming this huge sensation because mm-hmm. it, it, the story grew every episode and every week we had more and more Baby Yoda gifts. So like. People love Baby Yoda, and I think as much as, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I love The Rise of Skywalker, and I know we'll probably talk about it later, but I think this... Well, it depends on how the roles go. I know, go. how the roles go, exactly, <laughs> but I think this is probably the best thing that that Star Wars did last in, in 2019, which, who knew with the end of the Skywalker saga that the, a show... A, 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 a show about Mandal- uh, a single Mandalorian and Baby Yoda would would take over for the end of the Skywalker saga. But yeah, I'll let you guys talk because I I just talked a lot and I'm sorry about that. I think it's great. I mean it it's it's a universe we all love, mm-hmm. and it's it's like here's another thing going on in that universe, right? right. So it's like another mm-hmm. story, and it's like um, it's a, it's great. It's 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 interesting. It's quick. I love that the episodes are only half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. that's great because I'm at the point now where like hour long things I'm like there's going to be drag time because I have yet I, I, it's been a long time since I watched the show that didn't start having drag time for long um, it reminds me a little bit of Better Call Saul which I also love yeah um, and it's kind of it's kind of a lower key other story um, and also in other ways it reminds me of Better Call Saul because they have they have sort of uh, low key uh cast a bunch of comedians mm-hmm. for things. Yeah. Like Horatio Sands is in it, Brian Posehn, uh, Bill Burr, I mean, uh, Amy Sedaris. Jason Sudeikis was Jason in the Sudeikis, last Amy Sedaris. I mean, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. really, you can tell John Favreau had a, had a hand in that because it's the same kind of thing. And I just, I don't know, it's, it's just a flat out un- enjoyable show. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, um, it doesn't feel like there are super high stakes. It just feels like you're watching kind of a space soap opera a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like Star Wars where the fate of the universe rests in this, you know, and anything. And I don't know, man. I think they knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes me really excited about the Loki series. Which, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, because after this, Loki has a lot to live up to. Mm-hmm. This was a oh, big yeah. hit. And, so. and here's here's the thing what, that that's also great about it. It's... It's great for casual fans. You, if you haven't watched mm-hmm. Star Wars ever, or if you've watched like the first three, or if you have just a passing knowledge of Star Wars, you can yeah. watch this and enjoy it. Yeah. 
But if you've paid attention to Clone Wars, the Re- Star Wars Rebels, any of if you've paid attention to canon, there's stuff in there to enjoy. <laughs> like, oh, but an interesting thing to your point is sort of like what you said. My brother-in-law hasn't ever really watched Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever seen any of the movies. And like my sister had been trying to convince him to, but he just wasn't super interested. And at one point we showed him an episode of Mandalorian. He was like, I want to, I don't know what this is about and I'd like to see it. And so we showed him an episode and he got really into it because like he likes kind of Westerns and those types of movies. And it's similar mm-hmm. in tone. I've heard a bunch of people were like, it's not similar in tone to a Western. It's closer to a samurai movie. And you're like, it, it, they're very similar. It is, but it is like a modern day kung fu, or you know, yeah. like one of those kind of shows. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really watch those; those are even before, way before my time. But like, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean, like there were those shows that were like low key guy wandering the earth kind of shows, yeah. and that was like a big thing in like the early mid seventies. That was a that was a genre of television show, you know. And it's it's interesting to see. Um, it's interesting to see something that's so easily uh accessible in the star wars universe Mm -hmm. it i i think it's just the perfect mix of those people can like like you said chris or who dating whoever said it comparing it to the samurai and western movies that's what star wars was based on anyway so like yeah it's just taking that that concept from A New Hope, taking the concept from oh, the, the Western, the samurai film, and just doing it in a new way. I think it's wonderful. If if you can't tell. Yeah, David, do you have any thoughts on The Mandalorian? I just appreciate that it's a Star Wars film that's not based around Jedis and actually using the Force. It's like, it's just more lore-based. Yeah, it's just regu- it's regular yeah. people in this universe. Yeah, right? yeah. It's just guys being dudes in a galaxy every, far, every, far away. Yeah, every other Star Wars thing is about these super godlike beings who using the Force and throwing lightsabers through everything. And mm-hmm. it's just like, no, this is just a dude who can use a gun very well. Yeah, and I know I've talked on a bunch of these podcasts about how I've been kind of ready for the Skywalker saga to end and for us to move past the adventures of one family. Mm-hmm. And so getting this was I was just like, this is what I've been missing. <laughs> like characters who I care about because they're making me care about them as characters, not because they're slapping a name on them. And like, I just got I loved it so much. And they took the throne from Baby Groot to introduce Baby Yoda. They did. And as much as Baby Sonic tried to take it back, it never went. No, it didn't. Dude, Baby Yoda is was a brilliant move. Mm-hmm. Oh, brilliant. yeah. Brilliant. I mean, like, I think we've actually, last time I was on this podcast, I think we actually talked about this. But kudos to Jon Favreau, because not only, he could have gone with any sort of cute little thing, and instead he decided to go balls out and go with ba- uh, a a quote unquote baby Yoda, and I mean, it's amazing. It's something that should be totally shticky, totally too cutesy to work, and it works on every level. Every time that thing is on screen, I go crazy. I and love it. I just want to clarify this because this confused the shit out of my wife. It is not Yoda. We just don't know the name of Yoda's race. No. Right. It, technically, it's one of those things of they're trying to call it, like, the child. Yeah. Do we know Do we know yeah. the name of the race, Bill? You got that? No, there's... Uh, they, they, I, I, I doubt we'll ever get that name. 
I, yeah, because didn't Lucas... Yeah. Originally, Lucas was saying, like, Yoda was almost a one... Mm-hmm. There was Yoda and Yaddle, and now there's... Yeah, then they created Yaddle. Yeah. Can, so, I throw, the, can I throw in a quick tidbit, little one-off mm-hmm. Easter egg? Go for it. And you guys may have already pinpointed this, but I did not until I watched it last again last night. Did you guys see Knives Out? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's are a great movie. Of, oh my god. Are you, aware, are you aware of the Yoda connection to that movie? Frank Oz. Yeah. Frank yes. Oz I did not realize oh, that was yeah. Frank Oz yeah. that played the uh, the the uh, executive yeah, of the will. Yeah, he's the lawyer. Yes. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that until the second time I watched it. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hadn't thought of that either. But yeah, Ryan that Frank had a very good experience working with Frank, and that's. Uh, I'm I'm <laughs> so glad that he's in that. Like that movie is oh, so kn- fun. Knives Out, so good. It really is. <laughs> it's dope. And and if you didn't see it last night, there was a, on SNL and Daniel Craig was on there. There is a latter half sketch of on that show about uh, his dialect coach for <laughs> Knives Out. This <laughs> great. I'll have to check that yeah. out. Any other final thoughts on Mandalorian before we roll? Mandalorian, good. The Mandalorian. I think I, I I don't know if I heard it through your other uh podcast, but the I looked more into the Mandalorian Jedi Wars, and I found it fucking hilarious that in order to stop the lasers from bouncing back, they just used lead bullets that melted and thrown into the Jedi's face. That was hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that works. Yeah. Just, oh yeah, we're gonna reflect this. Oh no, it just melts the lead and just throws it in your face. Hilarious. <laughs> wow. Is it any surprise oh. that Disney nailed the opening on Disney Plus with a show like that? I mean, no. like, you, yeah. if that show is even slightly li- like if that shows if that show tanks, Disney Plus gets a bad rap out the gate. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh I mean, yeah. Okay. Yes, but at the same point, with the list of shit Disney Plus has, it was going to survive anyway. I think yeah. Bobby Iger they, knew they, exactly they what the he money had for it too. With, like with all the Star Wars they have, all the Marvel they have, all the Pixar, all the old Disney movies, that they would have been fine without it. They would have survived no, without it, dude. No, <laughs> I think Chris is onto something there because I, I think sure you can sell a, a a Disney streaming service with all the we just nostalgia, member berries, whatever. But having a show like this and then having a hook like Baby Yoda as your first episode. Mm-hmm. I think that you you know in, that kept the the service up for you know until now mm-hmm. and now it's just Clone Wars episodes and whatever else they release. But well, I think I think it gave you a situation where people are like, oh, do you have Disney Plus? And they're like, yeah, you know, that's great. The kids will love Toy Story, the Toy Stories, and everything like that. And you're like, yeah, but you also have this show, The Mandalorian, that everyone is talking about. Exactly. You know? It it makes Disney Plus the center of the conversation. Yeah, for sure. It'll be, and I think it made them though consider like, oh, we probably need to get something uh, ready sooner than later because yeah. Do we I know do we know if, do heard, we know if the Loki show is going to be this fun or is it going to be a serious? I thing don't or? know. Loki is, I think, the farthest off of the three that have been announced. The, the uh, Scarlet Witch <laughs> thing looks terrible. Okay. I yeah, love it. I don't but, know what well, to expect from that at all. <laughs> I I love it, but I it it's reminding me of a lot of times in the comics when it was weird. But we'll we'll have to talk more on that later. Roll we'll, the dice. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. I swear I'm not making this up. It's 17. <laughs> Good God, man! Oh. We're 19, 18, 17. All right. Uh, you, 
you know what? While uh, Bill cues up this topic, because he's the better one, too, I'm going to switch dice. All right, cool, do it. Say that's good, Juju, for your next D&D session. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to, my next D&D session, I'm going to roll nothing but ones. So, Bill, Star Wars High Republic. Absolutely. Go. So, the High Republic, or Project Luminous, as it was called before it was introduced, is a brand new initiative by Lucasfilm Publishing, Del Rey, everybody who does... Uh, you know, the Star Wars novels. And it's basically, they're exploring a brand new era of the of the Star Wars universe. Uh, it takes place 200 years before The Phantom Menace, where the Jedi are at the height of their powers. Um, and it's kind of an age of peace until there's a, I forget what, here, hold on, let me see what the, the villains are called in this. Um, until a, they're, they're, they kind of compare them to space Vikings and they're called the Nile. Um, and there's a big calamity, big event that happens in the galaxy where the, the Nile burst onto the scene and it, it's, it's going to explore, you know, the classic line in A New Hope is, uh, the Jedi were guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic before the dark times before the Empire. This is that uh the the republic this is before the dark times this is way before the dark times this is i think this is the idea yeah, cause here wasn't the wasn't the like dark times and the empire that was the prequels that that was the prequels but this is more that capitalizes on the promise of the prequels i think and where sure the the you know the jedi are you know very powerful and they're you know very big in the galaxy, but I think this is, you know, more of they've com- they've compared the High Republic to like the Knights of the Round Table, where this is, you know, King Arthur the Ar- Arthurian kind of version of the Jedi, where if if you look at pictures, you know, you have different ki- types of lightsabers, d- lightsabers that have, you know, not like the Kylo Ren kind of cross guard lightsaber. They have that, but it's like. It's metal cross guard instead of the you know the Kylo Ren lightsaber cross guard, and it's instead of the cross guard that could cut. Yeah, your thumb exactly. Off. This one actually serves a purpose. Um, it and there. Let me see. Let me pull up these notes right here. The first book, which I'm really excited to read, uh, is by Charles Soule. Which, if if you've been reading anything that Soule's been doing in you know whether from in the comics. His Darth Vader run that he did recently, his Poe Dameron run, everything that he's touched in the Star Wars universe has been incredible. And it, the the first book that he's doing, it's called Light of the Jedi. It comes out like two or three days before Star Wars Celebration, if it happens. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's all. And it's it, they're including some of the best authors that have written Star Wars. It's Claudia Gray, Daniel Jose Older, uh, Kevin Scott, Charles Soule, um, oh god, um, Justina Ireland, uh, and I think that's that, those are the ones I can remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really exciting, man. Like, especially after, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have played Jedi Fallen Order at all, um, but that's a really great game that explores more of the the mythos of the Jedi. Uh, and you know, the past couple of months, past couple of, you know, over the past year, we've gotten a little 
like hints towards the the high republic and what they're going to explore. So I think it's really interesting. I you know as I said earlier, what I love about Star Wars are the Jedi and learning the mysteries of the Force, and this is what it's going to be. Like that's all it's going to be. Now, what they've said right now that this isn't going to translate into. They're not making any movies for it or TV shows, anything like that. But I think they're kind of lying. I think they're definitely going to do stuff like this because I think this is very much in line with, you know, as much as... Well, go ahead. I think it's one of those things where they're probably going to get the books out there and then use those to gauge and see. Yeah. It's sort of it's sort of the, like, we're not going to lock ourselves in to doing a TV show or movie, but we're going to test the waters and see. I You know, it. I don't understand why they just don't do it because, like, I think... Well... I I get it. I from from a business standpoint, I get it. But I still think like going some some of their non traditional swings haven't gone over well recently. Mm-hmm. Like what? Solo. But I don't think you can. Solo is a, a different thing. Like that's well, yes, but you have to think the people who are making these decisions aren't lifelong Star Wars mm-hmm. fans. You, you They're business that, but people. Then you can go back to Rogue One. Rogue One was really good. Yeah, I think the yeah. the problem with Solo wasn't that it was a bad movie. I think it's a really good movie. I, but I, it's not. But continue. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, how do I say this in a nice way? Fuck you. Um, I think the problem with that movie, why it did so poorly, is because it was coming. It was like three weeks off from Infinity War and then two weeks off of Deadpool. I think if you put that movie in, I don't know, August, or if you moved it to the traditional December, I think that movie makes at least a billion dollars. I, I just, I you know... I don't... I, I think... I, I, I don't know about that. Not, I, I not a, maybe so. not a billion dollars, but I think it makes more than what it made. Because, like... Because... I, I think... Part of how that works is, like, you don't make a billion dollars unless, like... People want to see it again and again and again, and that's one of those movies that has passed through me, and I'm just like, okay. Like, I, I don't have any interest, which, granted, same for Rise of Skywalker, and that made a billion. Mm-hmm. So. so, like, I, I think, I, I don't think the problems were with Solo were story. I think it was just poor timing, and Disney did... Uh, they did not market that movie at all. Like that first, tra- usually we get the first trailer for a Star Wars movie like seven or eight months before it comes out. We got that the first trailer for Solo at a super for the at the Super Bowl like three months before it came out, and the second one came well, out like a month later. So like I just but think that it- was also because of the problems behind this. Yeah, scene. exactly. And so like I think if you would put that in like August or. December, it would have done a lot better, but that's a different point. The High Republic, I understand what you're saying, um, but I, once again, I think that this has, I think this this just has a ton of potential uh, in terms of storytelling, in terms of you know taking uh, Star Wars to places it hasn't been before, and taking to places that I think that can make it, you know, just that people can connect with. And I, 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 I think once again, I think this, I, I said in skywalking through the league the other day that I think that this gets me as excited as the force awakens got me when I first, when it, before it first came out. Um, and I think I, that's still true. Cause I think that there's just a ton of story stuff here. So that's just yeah. 
Yeah, that's where my, I'm at. My thing is I'm really hoping they focus on telling a good story first and foremost and filling in details mm-hmm. about... Fill, filling in lore details second. Because, like, that's the thing. And even some of the Star Wars comics have done this. And granted, Marvel Comics does this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like... First and foremost, tell a good story. I don't really care about all the lore details. Some of them you're like, oh, that's interesting. But, like, I could move right on without it. Mm. Like, tell a good story first and foremost and and then worry about the rest If you want to tell good stories, these are the authors you want. I'm I'm just telling you right now. Because I've... I, I, I've read all of them, and, 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 and the people that are making great Star Wars stories, that are writing great Star Wars stories, are all involved in this. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Any other final thoughts with it? Yeah, I just thought High Republic was a weed travel show. I did too. Vi- <laughs> it's a big Fine, missed dude. opportunity that this doesn't take place 420 years before The Phantom Menace, and that's... <laughs> and, <laughs> That is a missed opportunity. It, it really is. Like it, it's, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> Eleven. Chris, hey, all you buddy. All right. Harley Quinn TV series. Okay, now uh, disclaimer: I've not watched this entire series, but uh, you've watched more than me. <laughs> well, you don't watch any of it at all. I've seen a few clips, but I've not seen it. But I have had many people recommend what's it. it called? Part of what's that it called? is I don't even know what it's uh, called, to be honest. You got a name for it? Is it the Harley Quinn show? Isn't it just Harley Quinn? I think it is. Here's- I think it's just Harley Quinn. It's part of The reason I've not watched is I let my DC Universe subscription lapse because I think DC there was nothing too. on there. I don't know that this is... Good enough for you to renew it again. However, <laughs> however, it is a lot of fun. I will say this, and I say this as you all well know, as a person yes. who is over-exhausted by the Harley Quinn character. No, um, when you said that you really liked it, I was like, wow, it must be good. Because it's funny. I mean, it's, it, it really honestly feels more like an Adult Swim type show. Um, okay. It's like an Adult Swim type show with sort of a deep dive into the Batman universe. Um, the show basically starts off with, uh, her and the Joker quote unquote breaking up. And I say breaking up, basically the Joker kind of screws her over. And so she kind of uh, goes out on her own and is like, I don't need this guy. So it's, um, it's fun. I mean, like the, the cast is amazing. I mean, like you got, uh, Bane and I think James Adomian is Bane in that show. I think, I think Andy Daly is two face. I mean, like. It's it's got an insanely fun uh, alt comedy cast, which is what drew me to it. Um, and you know, it, it's fun. It's quick. It's, it's zippy. It's vi- It's extremely violent. Um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, I I, I I really enjoyed it. Um, and I say that as a person who watched half of Birds of Prey uh, two nights ago and thought. <laughs> Oh man, this is an awful lot of Harley Quinn. <laughs> like, it's just like, but it's also I mean, a lot of uh, emancipation ex- of one Harley Quinn. I mean, you know, look. Here's the deal. As with just as in just as with Birds of Prey, here's what I'll say about this Harley Quinn show. Um, it all depends on your tolerance level to this character, right? Because if you if if you've had enough of it, like I almost have, I would say it's a little bit of a reprieve. It's a little more fun. Um, 
if you are not in a if if you're all in, you're gonna love it. Like if you're like a if you're one of the if you're a Harley Quinn diehard, it's for you. Um, if you're a, honestly on if you're a big Batman universe guy, this is probably for you too. Um, okay. Yeah, like like Daniel, I'd love to hear you talk about it because. You're a bigger Batman guy than I am. Of, of all the comics, Bat, I'm, I, Batman is the is my is my most loyalty. Is uh, so mm-hmm. I mean it's fun. I mean it's it's a lot of fun. It's like a, it's kind of like a parodical spin on that Batman universe, and um, of course it focuses on Harley Quinn. But um, yeah, it's 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 a good time. You know, it's a nice. they did a nice job of it. I, I will I'll give credit where credit is due. How many egg sandwiches are in the show? I have not seen any egg sandwiches That's, so far. Okay, yeah. we'll watch it then. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> but it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. I, I say, I say give it a chance. Even if you, okay. even if you're not crazy about it, it is entertaining enough to be something well, you throw on at the end of the and night. And I you know? think, I think DC tossed the first episode up on YouTube for free. So, like, if you're not sure, like me. Yeah. If you want to renew DC Universe or something, maybe take a look at that. Yeah, yeah. I've not done that yet. I but... will take a look at it. I'll think yeah, about it. All right. It's fun. It's very funny. I will say that it is, as a as a person who really enjoys things that are funny, um, it is it is legit funny. Can I, I quote you on that? <laughs> you may. I enjoy <laughs> as a as a person who enjoys things that are funny. It is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What do you all think? One more for the night? Yeah, let's do it. Please be 10. Please be 10. Two. Bob Iger. Bob Iger steps down as the Disney CEO. Robert. You know, bizarrely, we probably got some of the most recent ones. (laughs) Man. We're really ending on a barn burner here. (laughs) Can you roll again? Like that. Okay. You know what? If we're all in agreement, I'll roll wait, again. Wait, wait, how, about, how Frank... about the two of us who have opinions on this? Say them and let's just move on. I have none. I don't know about the rest I, I, I honestly don't. I was like, oh, that's, I guess, a thing we should talk about if it comes to it, but hopefully we won't. Hey, y'all, secret for you. This was announced a couple of years ago. This isn't yeah. news. Yeah. He's also still staying on as creative yeah. head, so, like, it's really not news. Everyone's freaking out over nothing. Listen, Bobby Iger... Is uh, the sexiest name in uh, in I love how history. they had to find a yes in history. I, I love yes. how they had to find another Bob to replace yeah, exactly. him. So they just Bob Chappie. They didn't have to look very far. They were instead of Bob <laughs> Iger, we'll get Bob. What's what's the guy's new guy's Chappic, name? Chappie. Chappie. Yeah, whatever. Not oh. not Chappie. The Hugh Jackman movie. Okay, gotcha. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Okay, because of uh, appeal here, we're going to roll again. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Nine. God damn it. Birds of, birds of Prey okay. is underperforming at the box office. Um, Listen. We, well, we just hit this one, so we could probably... Yeah, we kind one. of hit that. It, it's All it is is they expected it to perform like Suicide Squad did, which... Yes, that's not a good movie, but it actually did really well financially, and so they really pumped up how much they thought it was going to make. Can I make it? And potentially the R rating hurt it. I don't know. I I think the DC is trying very hard. Mm -hmm. I think. Yes. I will say this: I don't think Shazam was as great as everybody else that was. Oh, I love Shazam. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was great. Um, I thought it was good. 
I, I, when you I compare thought, it to DC movies, it's been. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. You're right, Dave. Yeah, it's like it's, when you compare it to DC movies, that's the quantifier you have to give it. It's the same with Aquaman. When compared to DC movies, Aquaman is fine. Aquaman yeah. is a lot of fun, and I will not take any Aquaman slander in the chat right now. Uh, Aquaman is a lot. It is. But <laughs> that's true. It is. But I mean, everything with DC is in comparison to the garbage they've been putting out, right? So yeah. this is their Deadpool. It's fine as the DC's Deadpool. I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, but the, for Aquaman, that's like one of my wife's favorites of these superhero movies. I don't know if it's because Jason Momoa or Aquaman itself. David, I can pretty much guarantee you it's because of Jason Momoa. It's it's definitely not for Amber Heard, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's actually for Patrick Wilson. That's a... <laughs> it's a, for but... me, it's Tamar, uh, Tamara Morrison, but anyway, continue. <laughs> He's just a simple man trying to make his no, way through but, the galaxy. But I know, uh, I know like, my sister loves Aquaman. Uh, and I know a lot of people who enjoy it. I, I think the DC is trying to figure out what its thing is. Like, what, what it can build a universe around. And I think maybe the answer is they just keep doing different stuff. And I think that's fine. Just, yeah, that's cool. You know, Batman's gonna... I think Batman's gonna be great. Uh, you know, just everything that comes out from that, it, I get excited. Yeah, we'll see. Wait, I st- wait, is that the one where Colin Farrell's playing the Penguin? Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait to see how they it, spin it, that it, one. <laughs> because he is... But I swear to God, if I have to see Batman's parents get shot again, I might... <laughs> I know. I will lose my mind if Listen, I see we got it in Batman v Superman and Joker, so you know we're going to see it. Is this movie going to be a fun Batman or a dead, no. deadly serious uh, Batman? Uh, okay, so we're going to... I'm just going to blow that topic out because I'm going to th- say what my thoughts are real quick. There's a thing that's been going around of that his, like, the bat symbol on his chest is made from the gun that killed his parents. <laughs> Fucking heavy metal! So this oh, is not God. gonna be a fun Batman. Oh, this is gonna be bat metal. Which also, if if the gun that killed uh, his parents is built into his costume, I'm already we are 100% seeing his parents <laughs> die again. God bless oh, America. Man. Like it, it's How do you just... guys not like that? I think that's so cool. Because what? Did he grab it, is... it when he was ten? I mean, yeah. he did. He did no, not tell. No, beat up a dude and take the gun. No, here's what I think happened. Joe Chill or the Joker, whoever, whoever did it's... it. Joe Chill. I, you know, I should be Joe Chill. Joe but... Chill. I. He doesn't gets it later. It, it doesn't. Do, it doesn't matter. It's just. But there's no guarantee. It's a guy who dresses up as a bat and beats people up. You know, some people just go to therapy, but Bruce Wayne beats the shit out of people. All right. So are you you prepared then for the 14-minute montage of his parents being killed, him smelting the gun down into a metal, pouring it into a thing he made, drying it out, making it into a... that is what you're going to get. That's going to be literally probably one ninth oh, of that be, movie. It'll be like the beginning of that movie. And actually, I'll say this, because it's like, this is my favorite thing about the whole the whole stupid thing of like, oh, the gun that killed his parents will now protect me as the bat symbol. They looked at the bat symbol, where he turned his greatest childhood fear into something that would spark fear in criminals. It's him it's him showing how he has matured and using that 
against crime, and they went, you know what, that needs some symbolism. You know what, this, gonna... The bat symbol just isn't a symbol enough. Yeah, I made the bat symbol in my suit out of a bunch of rotting bat carcasses. <laughs> <laughs> These are the bats that yeah, scared me in that well. I have the stink that comes in the night. <laughs> <laughs> you will smell me coming before I have arrived. If you smell a bunch of corpses, it's probably me. It's the smell of justice. <laughs> I, I, I just... Almost everything I've seen coming out about the movie, especially with, like, since the costumes come out, feels so, like... We're going to make the dark and gritty and melodramatic Batman you've nah. seen nine times before. Yes, but Daniel, don't and forget, also a very uh, fuel-efficient Batmobile. That's true. <laughs> That's very just true. A, one of the Batmobile was just a muscle car. <laughs> what if the Dukes of Hazard were also Batman, you know? <laughs> Batman goes off a rinse, and here goes that Batboy again. <laughs> I just want to see him ramp it. <laughs> like, it's... It it feels like, oh, it's a Batman for people who don't like Batman. Here's the thing of the Batman movies. And, look, we've all seen Batman so many times, we all know what to expect exactly. from Batman, right? The thing yeah. that makes or breaks a Batman movie, and I think... I, I hope you will all agree, I think you will, is that the villains. I mean, it's the, yeah. it's the betrayal of the villains that's going to make or break this movie. So, Paul Dano's great calls a Riddler. I don't like it necessarily from a fun point perspective because Paul Dano's not Johnny Fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Colin Farrell's an interesting call as the, as the Penguin. I'm actually interested to see how they spin a guy like Colin Farrell I, as the Penguin, but... I, I think... What if the Penguin there's, was hot? There's, there, well, there's ways... There are versions of the Penguin that aren't like all hunched over with the mutated hands and everything. Yeah. He'll be... There's versions of the Penguin that are more or less like traditional gangstery. Yeah. I'm assuming Paul Dano will play the Riddler as some sort of like dark serial killer type, right? Like he'll be, he'll be sort of like a Zodiac killer kind of guy, right? Probably. We'll see. Who's going to play King Tut in the in this movie? Anybody? <laughs> do we know yet? I don't, I'm not sure if they've cast King Tut. Do you know who the Mad Hatter is going to be? is going to be played by, uh, oh, John, uh, oh, what's the... The guy from Big Lebowski yeah. uh, and Transformers. Totoro. Totoro, yeah. Totoro. Oh, yeah, that's a good call, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Who's going to play Egghead, though? Um, probably. <laughs> I mean, who, uh, has to, who has to try to mimic the the Vincent Price? Dan Aykroyd, probably. Who, in who my... is the Liberace character? Who, who did he play? Do you remember him in the old, in the old Batman? Oh. Oh, man. What was he called? I mean, I mean, for Eggman, did they already cast him as Jim Carrey? Oh, wait, wrong movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hold on. I gotta get to the bottom of this Liberace. The Maestro? Was that who it was? Was Somebody is... Plays the dual role of the villains Shandell and his evil brother, Harry. On the old Adam West? Yeah. Really? I thought he was like some sort of weird musical guy. I I mean, it looks like he is. He probably went by the maestro? Hold on. Where do you think uh, old, good old Robbie Patty's gonna rank among these Batmans? 
I don't know. He'll... Obviously, obviously not number one because that belongs to Peter Holmes. No, that belongs to Ben Affleck, and you can quote me on that. <laughs> belongs to Kevin Conroy. That's none it? of you, do, do none of you know the Peter Holmes skits for Batman? Uh, wasn't he the voice in one of the movies? No, Peter Holmes is a comedian that did a bunch of skits with a Batman. Oh, Pete Holmes, yeah. yeah. Oh, Pete Holmes. I've never heard him called Peter. Uh, well, as his friends call I, him, Peter. I should have I should have figured that out. I love Peter The guy Holmes. from Crashing, yeah, he's great. No, you're right, you're right, Dale. It is Chandel, that's his name. Oh, he, he, used, he was using the alias of Fingers. That's a real <laughs> great. Jesus. Oh, God. In the episode The Devil's Fingers and the Dead Ringers. Gross. <laughs> the Devil's Fingers. That sounds just that just sounds <laughs> gross. Yeah, that does sound gross. <laughs> Alright. Uh tell you what, since we're probably gonna wrap up, I'm not gonna roll again. Bill, there's a thing you've been wanting to do. I, I will give you a bit of time here. Okay. We'll we'll I'll I'll give us each if we have one thing we want to bring up, we can go quick. Okay. I want to talk Bill, about the rise of Skywalker because that's my that's my thing. I'm <laughs> I am Star Wars, Bill. I need to talk about Star Wars. Uh, episode nine, not perfect, probably not even great. Uh, in fact, not certainly great. Not. Um, I think it's certainly not. I think it's good. I heard it described the other day as an incredibly flawed movie movie with a bunch of flawless moments from you know talking. I, no, listen, I, I I will die on this hill. I do not care. Han Solo talking to his son. Uh, that That's a, that's good a scene. wonderful scene. Um, the Jedi coming to Rey. Ben Solo taking up the lightsaber that he said belonged to him in The Force Awakens. La- anything Lando <laughs> in 9. Um, I just think that it's a one... It, it's, it's a there, there's a lot of problems. I hate Ray being a Palpatine. I think it's the dumbest thing that they've ever done in Star Wars ever. And I'm that's including Jar Jar Binks. That's including the Ewoks. That's including midi chlorians. I think that's the dumbest thing. It takes everything that we've learned about that character from seven and eight, and then just takes a huge old dump right on her chest. Um, Can we all agree though that? The best character in the movie is that thing that erased C-3PO's brain. Babu Frick? Hey! (laughs) Babu Frick is wonderful. (laughs) I I mean, Babu Frick had as much characterization as your main leads, so I could could get behind that. You know, listen, I'm an emotional dude. Seeing at the end of... After the end of all that, seeing Finn, Ray, and Poe see each other and hug at the end... I thought was wonderful, and I, I shed a tear. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good Star Wars movie, and I think it it, it wraps up the trilogy, uh, the the saga, and in a in about as good a way as you could do. Um, because you know it's it, it it just it there was a lot to do, and I think they they did an all right job. But yeah, I I liked it. I'd give it uh, probably a seven point five out of ten. As always, I, I judge these things uh, through the lens. I, I feel like I've passed this torch on to my my ten year old son, mm-hmm. um, and so I I, I look at, look at these movies through the lens of him. And I will say this: um, during the last act, he 
jumped to his feet and started clapping. So, I mean, he loved it. He loved every second of it. It, it spoke to him. So I take, I take all my cynicism away and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? There's, that's as pure of a fan, uh, reaction as you're going to get right there. So, you know, I think I, I enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. It was a great night out for he and I as a father and son. And, uh, I don't think you can ask for anything better than that. I I won't harp on it too much. I already have on Twitter. It's I think it's a mess of plot and not enough character, and the stakes are a little way are nothing's allowed to breathe. Uh, to me, to me, it reminded me of Justice League, which mm-hmm. was a movie that needed more time than mm-hmm. it was given. This is a three and a half hour long movie that was cut down into two hours and 20 minutes. Yes. Cause like, and, and even with the novelization that's coming out, there's a lot in there. Oh God. There's a lot. And you know what? Say what you will. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that they just did not but cover that. I, there, I think we'll, there's also a lot of stuff that should be in. Yeah. The movie. No, I agree. Like I'm, I'm telling you right now as, as a star Wars fan, I was a little bit disappointed just because like, you know, we were we were given Endgame in the same year. That movie was almost three hours long. If you had given us a three-hour-long movie that had some of the stuff that was missing, I'm willing to sit there and and take it just so that there's so that the, the story makes sense because there's a lot of stuff that just is is missing and it needs to be in there. And I think that if that stuff was in there, I don't think people would have as big a problem with it as they did. Maybe. I, I think you honestly had stuff surprisingly in the movie as it is that you could probably cut and find some time. But yeah, it, it's and you probably shouldn't have your inciting incident happen via Fortnite. Uh that, that's a bad that's choice. A, that's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> you should probably also not have all of your major plot points hit on hinge on a ghost appearing to somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But literally, every yeah. major turn that movie took no, happened yeah. because a magical ghost appeared to a main I character. Will, I will take your point and raise you a Christmas carol and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, except I feel like it made more sense in Christmas Your carol. move, Tomlin. Yeah, 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 Christmas carol, like, that was the entire purpose of all these ghosts visiting them on Christmas Eve. I mean, what, I mean, what happens if Hansel doesn't appear to Ben... On the that submarine or whatever the hell they're on. Solo was a memory, not a right. ghost. What, what I'm saying what is, happened? it distracted him enough that he lost that fight, right? So if he, if that, well, no, that was uh, Leia. Leia mentally oh, that was that, distracted oh, okay, her okay. son right. to get him stabbed. <laughs> yeah. And Bill, what happens if part of that Death Star wreckage? Breaks off and suddenly the knife doesn't point as it's supposed to. Listen, I once again I told you. <laughs> no, I loved it. I'm with you, Bill. I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. No, I really listen. It. Yeah. We're talking about a movie with wizards in space where <laughs> a magical <laughs> not. It, it doesn't need to make any sense, but it, it just it can, works. Can, I, can I, we all can we all agree though that the kiss at the end is ridiculous? Yes, I like it. Oh uh, really? No. I, uh, listen, uh, that, see, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's earned that moment at all. It has. I, it makes the entire trilogy just a movie about sexual tension. So I say that <laughs> as as someone who was who understands the the 
the dynamics in fandom with you know people who like Ray, who want Raylo. Actually, you know what? Raylo's even don't even like the fucking kiss. So like, I don't know. Like, no, because like they're because it's immediately it doesn't happen. I and don't then, mind like, it. The novel tried to retcon it a bit. I don't mind it because I think. I think Ben Solo is just an interesting character to begin with, and I think I don't. I I'd always read that that relationship as more of a brother sister thing. So that why that's why it was. Well, weird then for maybe me. that kiss makes sense for Star Wars. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'll say this: I think the big the retcon that bugged me the most was the one that came out immediately, like opening weekend. Where J.J. Abrams was just like, oh, Finn was going to tell her he's forced into Yeah, sensitive. that was definitely... And I'm like, cause I, I'm like, there is no way that is what his secret cause was. Because I definitely read that as, I'm going to tell you I love you. Like, that's... I the te- That is exactly how it was performed. That's what I... I From the very beginning, I wanted Finn, to, Finn and Ray to get together. And, you know, as, as much as I'm willing to, like, say, okay, whatever, you know, Ben and Ray kiss, I, that's what I wanted and I guess my expectations just were just in a different place but I, I don't know man yeah unfortunately oh. unfortunately the uh, the series took a weird turn because it just turned Finn into a big dummy <laughs> instead yeah instead. whose whole purpose was to sit <laughs> there and I yell you, yeah can I give you guys uh, Finn's uh, character development in episode 9 <laughs> go for it Ray! that's it thank you <laughs> directed by J.J. Abrams all right. Uh, anyone else want to bring up a topic we didn't get to? Uh, or I'll I'll probably honestly carry these over to because we might be delayed before we can yeah. do this again with tournament time and all. Kinds I've been of stuff. I've been watching Hunters on Amazon. That's a big that's a big thing right now. Um, and quickly I'll say it's um weird and not that fulfilling. Um, very inglorious bastards Z. And also tonally weird because also it makes you feel things about the Holocaust and then makes you tries to make you laugh at like some weird Tarantino esque thing the next scene. So tonally it's a mess. Um, I don't know that I would recommend it, but I did. I watched the entire thing, so I don't know what to say there. Um, uh, it ends terribly. Anyway, that's that's what I have to say about it. I would I would say. If you watch the first three episodes of Hunters and you think, ooh, this is really something, you are probably going to, like me, end up being very <laughs> David, anything you want to bring up that we didn't get to? Uh, can you roll a seven for me real quick? <laughs> Why, look what just happened. It's a seven. Kumail Nagiani, damn son. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is what we end on. If you never heard of Kamel Johnny, you'd never expect him to be like the ripped guy he is now, and it's absolutely fantastic. Can, can you guys give me? I don't know what this topic is. Uh, okay, here I think there's a link. So Kamel Johnny for the Eternals worked to get into superhero shape, and he sure got into superhero shape. Damn, did he? Chris, I want you to follow that link while Wait, we're recording. But didn't he already get into great shape before I, this? Or was I mean, this I, what he got into shape He was probably for? in good shape, but he was probably just more like cardio type of shape. Now he's like ripped. Yeah. Like, damn, son. I And I think he's been working on this for like a year, so. Holy cow. Jeez. 
<laughs> it looks it looks like you've like they've like superimposed his head onto another person's body. Yeah, I know. His voice no longer matches his body in a good way. And like people were calling him out and being like, "Oh, that's a completely unfair body image." And he's like, "I know. Like I say that in the post where I posted the pictures." He's like, "I was only able to do this cuz like I had one of the biggest or the biggest movie studio behind me." But man, good for him. <laughs> Yeah, Eternals is gonna be weird. What is that? Can you tell me a little bit about that? I have, I, I honestly can't. I don't know that much well, about. Kumail Nanjiani is the one name that got me excited for the Eternals. Not Angelina Jolie or Richard Madden. No, who, 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 what, love, what, what, what are the Eternals and who has been confirmed in this movie? Uh, Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. I think. Brian Tyree Henry, hold on, I can pull up a list. Oh, Paperboy list, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good actor. That's a good actress." And then they said, "Come on, no, like, it's, oh, it's a bunch of really up. talented actors." Like, yeah, a bunch of talented actors. I was like, "Oh, that'd be awesome." That'd be once they mentioned Kumail, I'm like, oh, "Yes, I love him." Uh, Jimma Chan, uh, Kit Harrington is playing the bad guy, supposedly. Does he know anything? <laughs> Unclear. Is this okay? Let me let me ask you this, and you guys will know. Is this a fun thing, or is this a oh, it was just a big slog of a self-important it, thing? It it can be. It can be a little sometimes over the top and ridiculous, but it can also be fun. The the so the the most I probably know enough to say, and I might even have some of this wrong, but it's like there's a group of people, a group of humans who were experimented on or something. For some reason, they're now, like, immortal and they have superpowers. A lot of them are where a lot of mythology comes from. Um, like, there's one who, I think his name is Icarus or something close to that. And I think Quetzalcoatl was supposedly one of them in the Marvel Universe. Well, this this and cast so... does not exactly inspire Fun Time USA. I mean, Ang- I Angelina it, Jolie... Kit Harrington, like that is not exactly like good time party party movie, you know. It's one of those things of it could be a really fun thing, but they also tend to be in the comics. I think pretty self important because they're kind of like, oh well, we know better because we've been alive forever. I mean, it's a good point, <laughs> and so like we'll. See, is it a movie or a I, show or what? What is this movie? Okay. No, this is hitting theaters. And, 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 uh, it's March it, or est- estimated release of looks like November of next year. I think. No, Eternals is this year, isn't it? What? Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, it's November. I forgot it was. Wow, that's under the radar. I'd never even really heard this stuff until tonight. Well, I think that'll probably do it for us for this episode. I'll probably keep this list of topics, and who knows, we might do this again. It was a lot of fun. It was. We didn't even get to the 1 or the 20. Mm. Such a shame. We had neither a critical success nor a critical (laughs) failure. I mean, with this show, we have had a lot of critical failures. (laughs) (laughs) Can confirm. Sick burn! David, do you have anything you'd like to plug? No. Speaking of critical failures, I was say usually I plug my Twitter, but I don't think I've logged on to Twitter in like almost a month. 
So I don't even. All right. So, uh, um, uh, get get Krista's book. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, since David's stepped on your plug, you want to just go no, ahead and make your plug? Thank you, David. I appreciate that. Yeah, it would mean a lot to me. I'm I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to this also have Matt Jones in their ear about this book, but. Uh, I wrote I wrote a book with Matt um, uh, called Mitch Please. It comes out March thirty first. If you pre order it, it would if if you even think you're gonna be interested or buy it, please pre order it. It would mean a lot to me because those pre orders are, are really important. Um, and uh, I I think that uh, I think it's a fun book to read. Um, no matter what your political stance, obviously, probably more so if you don't like Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, please consider taking a look at Amazon for Mitch Please uh, by Matt Jones, small font with Chris Tomlin. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> small font, but big in our hearts. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone gets the book. Bill, what do you have to plug? Uh, well, you guys know Skywalking Through the League. Follow it, do whatever. That's fine, but. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and give another plug to Chris's book. Um, please, please support Chris and <laughs> Mitch, please. Both, uh, just just hearing what Chris did and what Matt did to write this book, support them, please. They are both just both two of the people that I respect the most in writing and podcasting and anything like that. They have... Both of them, Chris in particular, has been a great friend and mentor. And please, 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 please buy this book. I have pre-ordered this. Make sure you do it. I don't care about my stuff. Read, the, read, get pre-order, Mitch. Please, please. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate that. And I will also throw in a plug for Chris's book. Uh, I can't wait to read it. I'm real excited, and so you should pick it up because I know. It's it is not jer- it's not dry politics. It's a lot of fun. It's very wet politics from everything I've heard. Isn't that right, Chris? I, I hope so. You know, I, I think so. We we designed it that way, and we wrote it in a way that would not be. Look, if it was a dry politics book, I'd have tapped out of it myself. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I mean, look, I, I hate books like that. So you can take that as you will. I I, I don't. I really don't want to be a part of a book that's just a bunch of, you know, a, you know, academic. Uh, dry, you know, uh, bloviating on a, on a topic. So I think we had a, we had a good time doing this, and I hope that it uh, it comes through in the book. So uh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate that uh, vote of confidence. And thank you uh, for listening. And we're going to hopefully have more episodes soon. It'll depend on. I know a couple of us are headed to SEC tournament and other trips, so we'll see. <laughs> I, I can't promise we'll have another one out soon, but who knows? Maybe by the time we get the next one, we'll have 20 stories again. <laughs> and we can do the same thing. I hope not. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a D10's worth of stories. Well, how many did we get through? We already have a D10's worth of stories. <laughs> Probably. Uh, if you want to keep track of that, you can follow us at Nerds4Normal. That's Nerds, the number four normal on Twitter. And as always, see you nerds.